Welcome to Unity of Tucson. Thank you. Thank you for that. There's a meme that's been going around. It kind of showed up in the last couple weeks. And uh, if you are on our, we have a group on the Facebook page of the Unity of Tucson Family Time, uh, run by our very own Jerry Strottemeyer. Thank you so much. And uh, Mirta also helps run that. And there's all kinds of posts, and people have lots of interaction there. And it's really, really beautiful. And I noticed that you posted this particular meme. I don't remember if it was you, Jerry, or you, Mirta. this particular meme that has been going around, but I just loved it. And I'm going to read the whole thing to you. Um, this, is, this is me quoting, the meme is actually a quote of Andy Stanley. Andy Stanley is a non-denominational evangelical Christian minister in Atlanta. And he wrote this, sometimes I just want it to stop. Talk of COVID, looting, brutality. I lose my way. I become become convinced that this new normal is real life. Then I meet an 87-year-old who talks of living through polio, diphtheria, Vietnam protests, and yet is still enchanted with life. He seemed surprised when I said that 2020 must be especially challenging for him. No, he said slowly, looking me straight in the eyes. I learned a long time ago to not see the world through the printed headlines. I see the world through the people that surround me. I see the world through the realization that we love big. Therefore, I just choose to write my own headlines. Husband loves wife today. (laughs) Family drops everything to come to grandma's bedside. He patted my hand. Old man makes new friend. (laughs) His words collide with my worries, freeing them from the tether I had been holding tight. And they float away. I am left with a renewed spirit and a way to write my own headlines. I'm going to invite you to take, you know, I I know I'm doing this a lot today. I'm going to invite you to just take a moment and look around you. Just look at the people around you. What do you see? What do you see around you? What are the headlines you might be willing to write about the people in your community? What are the headlines they might be writing about you? I've had an experience this week where the headlines for me personally were both magnificent and conversely, there were some that were not so good. You ever have that experience? (laughs) 
Have you ever had the experience of being criticized? Other people who may not understand your approach to the way you experience your life, they say, well, that's not right. That's not the way I would do it. What is the headline there? It's wrong. I've had enough of it's wrong in my life. If you've ever been criticized in your experience, in your life, how might you have taken that information in when it was presented to you? Because we have options in terms of how we take in that type of information. If we take away the heat from it, if we take away that initial pressed button, you ever have a pressed button? Ooh. If we take that heat away, if we don't allow that button to be pressed and we experience it just as information, what is it that we are hearing? Because something is being communicated to us. Now, I am of the mind that if I'm hearing something and it comes to me in a critical fashion, perhaps what I need to do is say, what is it in me that is being reflected in this information? And allow myself to be okay with what I'm hearing no matter how critical it may seem. But at the same time, I'm also of the mind that it's okay for me to say what somebody else thinks of me is none of my business. And even if I'm hearing criticism, if you are hearing criticism from outside yourself, from something out there, it is not required for you to be defeated by it. So I've had some magnificent time this week. And I had some criticism this week. <clears throat> and it's okay. It's okay. Because I recognize that at the core of all of it is one thing, the desire to express life. The desire to express love. If we decide to give in to the negative things other people think of us, you know what happens? We give away our power. We give away our power. We give away the innate, unique thing that makes us magnificent. Even those who are well-intentioned, even those who are well-intentioned, if they are well-intentioned in their critical opinions, it diminishes our inherent power to the degree that we choose to believe them. A lot of the New Thought philosophy is rooted in the work of the Transcendentalists. Now, if you don't, I mean, some of you may, many of you, I'm sure, will know the Transcendentalist movement and who the Transcendentalists are, the Thoreau and Walden, and, and no, Thoreau who wrote Walden, but Thoreau and, and Emerson and, and the like. A lot of it really roots down into that philosophy, because that's when New Thought was really blossoming, was when the Transcendentalist movement was really blossoming as well. And a lot of that came to one essay written by a particular man that has really informed a lot of this, and that was the essay Self-Reliance, written by Ralph Waldo Emerson. You can trace a lot of this right back to that essay. That essay, which said conformity, the idea that we must be like one another or that anyone should not be unique is incorrect, but it's correct to be you, holy, 100% you. 
and it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. So if we choose to believe those criticisms, then we will live the experience and the expression of those criticisms. And how does that feel? Because ultimately it's going to come down to how do you feel? How do you feel? So will the headlines of your story in every moment be written by you or will it be an op-ed written by somebody else? There is magnificent freedom in (laughs) non-conformity. I mean, who would you be? Here's a good question. Who would you be if you did not have anybody else to compare yourself with or against? Who would you be? Can you really consider yourself? Can you come up with an idea of yourself that is not relating yourself to anybody else? Or is your initial instinct to say, well, I am this, which is very much unlike or like that other person over there. I think we're kind of socialized into living within these comparisons all the time, which is why when somebody gives us feedback, it can sometimes hurt. Because we want to be liked, don't we? Oh, we want to be liked. Critical opinions, those assessments of who we should be, those are all through a lens. They're all being projected through a lens of personal limitation. And yet we can take them on and we teach ourselves who we should be and what we should be in relationship by what others think we should be. We are barraged with a message. You know, we come to these New Thought churches and centers all over the world. Those of us who are, you know, deciding that this is a path, we are barraged with this idea, be yourself. But what does it truly mean to be yourself? What does it truly mean to be yourself without the opinions of others ever taken into consideration? Now, that can be a scary prospect for some people. I've taken into my own heart that I will not allow myself to be inauthentic, inauthentically myself. I will not allow myself to be inauthentically myself in anything. None of us should ever allow ourselves to be inauthentically ourselves in anything. But we are barraged, right? We're barraged with these messages from outside ourselves. but let the main message be, be yourself. Sometimes those messages, though, are, be yourself, as long as you don't ruffle any feathers. (laughs) As long as you don't upset the cart. And so, when we accept that, we stop being our authentic selves. Many of these adversities we face seem to be rooted in in this adherence to the ideas that we've been sold from others. And we convince ourselves, we convince ourselves that who we are being to please other people is our true nature. Now, I'm not saying don't be kind. I'm not saying don't be respectful. I'm not saying, you know, go out there and 
be an unkind person. <laughs> there, there are many more colorful terms I could use. <laughs> I'm not going to use those colorful terms. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is take the time to step back from what the entire world is telling you you should be and move through and make the discovery of who you are for yourself. Part of my life, you know, I, I talk about my life sometimes when I think that it will have relevance to the message. Part of my life, before I was a minister, I was an, I was an actor, thank you. I, I spent my life, I spent, a, I spent a, basically a couple decades in the theater in New York and Los Angeles. And there's this thing that happens in theater. So there's a person in the theatrical hierarchy called the casting director. <laughs> and the casting director gets the information from the director and from the producers about what roles they need to find actors for. That is their job. They need to find actors to come in and present, have the actors present themselves to the directors and the producers based on these ideas of what the role should be, right? So, for a very long time early on, I suffered from this idea that I needed to conform to some other person's idea, the casting director's idea of what I should be. I needed to come in and I needed to wow that casting director and be exactly what they wanted. And I did it at the expense of being me. I did it at the expense of being me. Now the problem is, at the end of the day, I don't actually know what the casting director is looking for. I don't know. How can I possibly conform myself to what the casting director is looking for if I don't truly know what the casting director is looking for? Now this translates to me in my everyday life now because everyone in our lives is a casting director. Every single person we encounter is a casting director of some, port, of, some, of some kind, and they are going to have some idea of who we should be in their lives. What if we decide now that if we are authentically ourselves, we will always get the role? Because that's what I found. When I let go of what I thought they were looking for, and I just came in and I was myself authentically, you know what happened? I booked more roles. It's the way it works. Because ultimately, what that casting director is looking for, and what other people I think are ultimately looking for in other people is authenticity. Isn't that something that we value in our friendships, in our loving relationships? Even when we meet people on the street, isn't it much nicer to meet somebody who is authentically kind than to meet somebody who's putting up a wall? and a veneer of what we think they should be, of what they think we should, of what they think we're looking for. Everyone in our lives is a casting director, and you know what, we are constantly auditioning <laughs> all the time. When do we stop auditioning and just accept that we already have the role? This is why I hold to this notion, spiritual practice is important. Because it is, I believe, and this is what I teach, 
It is through spiritual practice that we can learn to truly let go of the veneer and be our authentic selves. And it all boils down for me to that idea, the third tenet that I carry with me in my ministry, and that is remember who you are. Remember who you are. You are love, you are light, you are life, you are magnificent. And it's not because of anything you do, it's just who you are at the core. You are magnificent. It is through spiritual practice that I have found the path to connecting with that intuitive nature more and more and more, letting it be more consistent in its expression as life. Are you ready and willing to do the same? I let go of conformity. I let go of consistency. Which bugs a lot of people. Oh, people love it when you're consistent, right? Because it puts people at ease. It's like, oh, I know exactly what they're going to be. I know exactly who they're going to be. And so knowing that that is going to be a consistent thing, the minute you upset that consistency, people go, oh, I don't know. But let's let go of consistency or the assumption that anybody should be consistent in our lives. The only consistency that I would like to express at all times is a wise consistency, which is kindness and love and respect. So there is a healthy consistency, I think, that we can engage. But as, now I can't remember if it was Emerson or Thoreau, but one of them said... (laughs) A foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of small minds. There's a colleague of mine uh, that was very prevalent in a lot of the development of my approach to this thing called life, actually. I would say ministry, but it's really this thing called life. Dr. Jim Lockhart is another New Thought minister, and he wrote this, and it felt very appropriate for today. He wrote, facing our own inner issues and demons, right? Facing our own inner issues and demons is among the deepest spiritual and psychological work we do. The purpose of such deep work is to transcend the negative fear-based beliefs that limit our expressions in life. Let us write new headlines in our life that break the barriers, that break down the bonds, that break down those limitations, those things that hold us back. I mean, the scariest thing we're ever going to face ultimately is ourselves. That's the scariest thing we'll ever face is ourselves free of the confines of other people's opinions. I do know for a fact that Emerson wrote this. Whoso would be a man must be a nonconformist. In that nonconformity, we're going to write all kinds of magnificent new headlines today. Those headlines for me today, love only. Forgive everything. Remember who you are. 
the most magnificent divine work we can do is to be our authentic selves. That is the most magnificent thing we can do. This is the most magnificent gift we can offer the world. We, when we know who we are, when we know who we are, we do not need to diminish others by our criticisms. And we will find ourselves not being diminished by others' criticisms because the criticism of others, when we know who we are, rolls off like water off a duck's back. We get to write the new headlines for our lives in every single moment. And it doesn't matter what has preceded this moment. It does not matter what you think will unfold in the future. Right here and right now, you get to write a new headline. What lies on the other side of that rainbow is the inherent connectedness of all life. That is the rainbow connection. That's what's there. That's what's there. In the song, there's a lyric says, who said that every wish would be heard and answered when wished on the morning star? It's a good question. Who said that? And then it answers it. Well, somebody thought of that. But here's the more important part of that answer. And someone believed it. The expression of your life is rooted in your beliefs. Your beliefs create the headlines of your life. Our belief is the power that we have to rewrite those headlines right in this moment. So what headlines will you write today? Namaste. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.